Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name is Brent. In this episode, we're discussing the Angst album, Mending Wall, SST, number 74. Really looking forward to getting into this one. Um, we have, we've had Angst records on the show a couple of times before, and this is another great Angst record, so looking forward to it, Brent. Yeah, me too. Hey, um, I've actually got four spiels this week but um i want to throw it over to you first no no ryan you spiel for the dudes okay so i have four though hey that's okay i've got i've got like well i've got as many as you want plus okay. i've got some housekeeping too but you go ahead okay well mine i since i've got four i'm calling it quadrospelia <laughs> okay okay quadrospelia so first one, I've got a uh, a Greg Ginn sighting on a record um, that I saw mention of online by a band called Libyan Hit. Uh, what is it called? Libyan Hit Squad. Hmm. You ever heard of them? I have maybe seen that on Discogs or something. I've definitely seen that before, but I have yeah. I can't remember what it is. What is it? It's a it's a CD on Ripping Records. It's a split CD between. Uh, a band called Libyan Hit Squad from Florida, and then Round Eye, who I think are from China. The the split CD is called Full Circle, and Greg Ginn guests on the title track Full Circle, which is uh, an instro. Hmm. And it's it's actually I don't know I like both bands on it. Um, when you look it up online, people really reference this as kind of being you know heavily SST influenced both bands and it totally is but in a really good way so i just i found it on amazon for five bucks and it showed up like two days later and it's good hmm. i'll check Re- that out yeah i recommend second spiel uh do you remember me mentioning a band to you called trinary system i do yeah so trinary system are roger miller right from mission of burma and no man who we'll get to in a long long time from now and a guy named larry larry dirsch who i think it's dirsch he is actually on a record with roger miller called the binary system album which is sst 349 okay but but so we'll get to the binary system eventually but coming up on feeding tube records is a record by trinary system and it's called Lights in the Center of Your Head. I picked up their single, like off their Bandcamp site, and it's very cool. So I'm looking forward to this Trinary System record that's coming out. Okay. Also, I don't know if you saw there is a new Unknown Instructors record coming out. I did see that, yeah. It's called, oh, I should mention too, in Trinary System, the drummer is uh, P. Andrew Willis. Um, I tried to find out more about him, but I couldn't really find out anything. Anyways... Unknown Instructors, their new record's called Unwilling to Explain on Org Records, I believe. This time around, though, in addition to George Hurley, Mike Watt, and Dan McGuire, Jay Maskus is on this record. Yeah. In the past, they've had a bunch of folks, most notably Joe Biza, play uh, on their records. But this one looks kind of interesting to check out. They're not super catchy records. I don't know if you've ever heard their stuff, but... Um, if it has Watt and Mascus on it, you know I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And then finally, I finally, finally tracked down that new Trotsky Ice Pick single. 
Oh yeah. It's on it's on a on a label called Mustard Only Music. But here's the other thing. When I when I finally found it on that website, there were two CDs on there that you could order at the same time by Kel Johansson from The Urinals, Hundred Flowers, Danny and the Doorknobs and Trotsky and Trotsky Ice Pick. So I, I reached out to them because they didn't have an option to buy kind of all three and didn't really explain international shipping. I reached out and I'm like, I want the single. I want both discs. And uh, they gave me like family prices. Nice. And yeah, they're in the mail. So that's it. Four recommends. Right on, man. There's my Quadraspelia. Well, we'll see here. We'll see if I can match your Quadraspelia. I've got to recommend, Ryan... I'm not sure if you saw this. Um, Kira Rosler is involved in a new project with this guy, Devin Hoff. The band's called Awkward. It's A-W-K and then capital W-A-R-D. And they have an album out called In Progress that they kind of just dropped out of nowhere. Devin plays like an upright bass. I did a little searching around on him. He's like a super avant-garde jazz guy. He's played with Nels Klein and... Carla Bazulich and done a whole bunch of stuff on his own and Kira plays well she plays like a Gars bass now I don't know much about that that company but it looks like super high-end custom basses is that that blue bass yeah she hasn't she hasn't played the Ricky for a while but no no uh so apparently Kira there was an interview that got posted with them Kira it's the two of them in the interview. We can repost it. But Kira saw him play in San Francisco, and he, I don't know if he was like doing a solo thing or whatever, but apparently he was pay, playing bass lines from the process of weeding out. Oh, no way. And then uh, he opened for Dose, like just as a solo act at like a coffee shop in Pedro. So they recorded this album together at Paul's, uh, her brother Paul's uh, Kit and Robot studio. And there's a Bandcamp page where you can check it out. It's baseawkward.bandcamp.com, and we'll post it. It's That's cool. uh, I didn't, yeah, didn't so know it's, about that. Yeah, it's a two-base dealio. Here's another thing, Ryan. Do you remember uh, on the Slovenly episode, think, Thinking of Empire, I mentioned a band called Mushroom? Yes, Oh yeah, and because I, I think they had an album called like Cream of Mushroom or something, and you were like, "That's <laughs> yeah. that's righteous that they have an album called that." Yep. Well, I found I was flipping through some records the other day, and I saw this record called "Compared to What," and on the front it says "Mushroom," which didn't catch my eye. Mush, the, that's not the part that caught my eye, but it says "Mushroom" versus Bundy K. Brown versus Faust, who's like this. Uh, Krautrock band, legendary Krautrock band, versus Gary Floyd. And what? Yeah, so Gary Floyd caught my eye. So I flipped it over, and I'm like, that can't be the same Gary Floyd. But then there's this big write-up on the back, and it says here, If you thought that Mushroom was strictly instrumental, think again. Vocalist Gary Floyd, well-known in both punk and blues circles as the former frontman of the Dicks and Sister Double Happiness, wraps his vocal cords around that ultra-groovy 1969 hit for Les McCann and Eddie Harris compared to what? So what hmm. this what this album is? It's the band Mushroom, but it's like a remix album uh, with like the dude from from Faust and Bundy K Brown. I don't know who he is, but they do a song with uh, 
with Gary Floyd on here. And the reason this came up, this album came up when, in that episode is, is because Tim Plowman from uh, Slovenly plays on in Mushroom, on some of these tracks anyways. Did you pick it up? Yeah, I got it right here. Oh, cool. Yeah. So there you go. It's on Weed Records. Oh, there's a, an off single called Compared to What that I have. Hmm. I wonder but if it's, it's the uh, same song. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, I'm. Let me hear. Let me see here. Yeah, no. It well, it says lyrics by Gene McDaniel's. Yeah. But okay. Yep. Music by music by Coates and Morris. So off put music to this Gene McDaniel's song. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that until now. Cool. Yeah, Gene McDaniel's is one of the guys who gets a credit here on the on the track. Oh, right on. Yeah. Boy, that was random. Yeah. Okay, now for some housekeeping. A couple weeks ago we did our, was it last week? No, two weeks ago we did our Desperate Teenage Love Dolls episode and we got some feedback. Uh-oh. Good feedback. So here's what we got from Jordan Schwartz. We must have failed to mention this or, or maybe we didn't realize it when we were doing our notes, but Out of Focus, which is a song on the soundtrack, is actually a blue cheer cover. And Jordan says, big influence on Dezo and Red Cross. That must be the one that has Dez on the track. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He plays leads on one or something. And then, so we were both into the band Dark Side quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Jordan says, Dark Side had a four-track recording that they were handing out on cassette. They had previously played as a hardcore band called Dead Issue. Dark Side is more the missing link to Caius and Queens of the Stone Age. Also... That makes that makes sense. Yeah. Also, Herb Leno played in bands like Herb was the singer in uh, on the Dark Side track. Herb played in bands like Decon and Half Astro. He is one of the unsung low desert punk rock guitarists. These days he's playing keyboards as Herbert. And Jordan sent me this totally wild video of Herb as Herbert doing the Husker Du track Pink Turns to Blue and it's him like at a synthesizer or a keyboard or whatever and he's playing through like he's singing this is a live video at like some small club he's dressed like a barbershop quartet dude and he's got like <laughs> this flashing H for Herb on in front of him and uh, he's singing through like a vocorder or like his vocals sound like they're auto-tuned or something and it's a video of him live during doing Husker Du's Pink Turns to Blue. So apparently that's what he's doing now. And I looked up this band Decon, and uh, Brant Bjork is in the band, who uh, is super connected to the to that desert scene. He's been in Caius. He's, I think, been in Fu Manchu. He's got tons of solo albums. And this album's called Balls for Days. It was released in 1995. I'll get to more, get to a bit more of that in a minute. Because we also heard from Herb himself, Herb Leno. No way. Yeah. Oh man. Ask him for the four-track recordings of. Well, I did do that. Yes. Out <laughs> a boy. Yeah. So here's some here's some more that we got from Herb. So Herb confirms that right that uh, rights right, which is that track on the Desperate Teenage Love Dolls, is the only studio recording they did as Dark Side. Uh, he says we were all high school age and we were always called Dead Issue. We changed the name briefly, and then the band broke up in 1985. Some really rough home demos exist, but that's about it. 
Scott Reeder and I were in our first band together called Subservice in 1980 to 81 uh, with a guy, guy named Mike Bates. Get this, Ryan. Mike moved to the beach and started Uniform Choice, which was the name of one of our songs. Well, I'm a big Uniform Choice fan. That's very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, in 1995, I was in a band called Decom with Brant Bjork, of Kai, later of Caius, uh, Brian Maloney of Unsound, and Billy Cordell of Yawning Man. We made a record called Balls, Balls for Days, and he sent a link to, to it. You can I think you can buy it on Bandcamp. It's kind of like speedy, melodic punk. The cover has a dude like blasting a front side air out of a bowl, and his, his, uh, the band's logo, Decon, is painted on his deck. Uh, he says, we recently reformed with a new drummer and play occasionally. I was also in Del Padres and Half Astro and made records with both. I cu- currently do a trippy solo thing called Herbert, which he also sent a link to. New record is almost finished and being mastered by Giza X. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is awesome. So there's there's uh, some mind-blowing information from Herb Leno. Oh, that was mind-blowing info after mind-blowing info. Oh, wait, there's more, Ryan. Nice. There's more. See, here's here's a bit more from Jordan Schwartz um, just on that, on the Desperate Teenage Love Dolls episode. You were asking about about uh, Edith Massey, if that was, like, his name on, on the... Is that is that Jordan? Well, he says, Edith Massey is an actor in early John Waters films, which was a big influence on us. Her role as the egg lady in Pink Flamingos is epic. Oh, okay. Yeah, you probably have seen that before, because I have too. Yeah, so I guess, well, I mean, I just didn't know the name, but that's too bad. I was kind of hoping that, (laughs) I was hoping that was him who uh, kind of broke in on that one interview on the reissue, but hey. If yeah. it's if it's actually Edith, that's okay too. Here's a thing from Joe Carducci that he sent in about the Seven Inch Wonders episode. This didn't surprise me to hear this. Seven Inch Wonders was also a cock size joke around SST, as well as Joe had reserved 070 for it, for the uh, catalog number, uh, which is yet another reason why catalog numbers could be out of timelines, is what Joe said. And here's one more housekeeping spiel for you, Ryan. This is from Tom Hofer who we uh, talked to for our Leaving Trains episode. Oh yeah, Kill Tunes. Yes, so we mentioned his solo CD, Clearing House, and I double-checked it to make sure it wasn't my screw-up, and it is Discog's screw-up. It lists Brett Gurowitz uh, as playing on Tom's solo CD, and it's not Brett Gurowitz. It's rather an old friend of Tom's called Brett Gutierrez, Oh, no way. Yeah, but he was in a band called The Up and Out, whose only recorded appearance is, uh, this is Tom, I think, on the Wharf Rat Tales compilation, which which I bet you have. I do? Yeah. Yep. So the band Up and Out is, that's the dude, Brett Gutierrez. Not Gerwitz. Not Gerwitz. And that, that comp came out in 1983 on a label called Wharf Rat Gramophone. And it's got bands like The Last, Leaving Trains, Rain Parade, and then the reason I knew you would have it is because it has the uh, 100 Flowers on it. Yeah, I think I saw someone after we uh, after we were talking last about the Keats Rides a Harley 
compilation someone posted on one of our pages about how Warfrat is pretty much like the sister compilation and it totally is those two go together yeah very well same era similar vibe um connections across the bands they're two great compilations both are reissued and you can get on on disc you know if you're not snobby about getting an original pressing well i believe the cd version comes with extra tracks as well as well as yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly Tom, or sorry, Brett Gutierrez was also briefly in Two Damascus. Uh, he was also briefly in L.A.'s, not Austin's, Spoon, and less briefly in Black Angel's Death Zone. So glad to fix that error. Yeah. Well, out of that spiel, number one on my hit list is to go get that Decon record right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. I love it when people reach out to us. Thanks so much, everyone. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Joe Carducci, I so I mentioned to you, I've been complaining about the blog a little bit. I've been working on it, Ryan. I'm just redoing everything. And uh, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> the Joe Carducci episode is back up on the blog. So, or, oh, nice. Uh, the interview with Joe. So everyone should go check that out if they if they didn't, or reread it if you did previously. You ready to uh, get into some angst, Ryan? Absolutely, ready to mend the wall. History lesson, part one. All right, so Brent, we're back into angst, which is uh, is kind of a bit of a unsung hero in the SST world. We've mentioned in previous episodes about how they really are, like, unfortunately, but still, you know, thankfully, uh, most famous for being um, a big influence on Frank Black from the Pixies, and in fact, uh, Frank Black covers one of the songs on this record. We'll get to that in History Lesson Part 2. But really, this record for me is uh, its a pretty pretty natural progression from the last Onks record that we had, Light Life. I mean, they're still growing, and they still sound very much like Onks and a solid record. The, uh, the one quote that I could find, though, because there really is like, again not much out there i'm sure you dug up some stuff that i couldn't find i found out a few tidbits but the one quote that i found that i think summed up this record really well was from the trouser press record guide uh, that's the uh, the book put out by ira robbins way back mm-hmm. and it uh it calls this record mending wall quote another dose of angst tense and rough edged musical simplicity and i thought that that was pretty good yeah. I also found uh, one other thing which I thought was kind of funny because this record was only released on vinyl and cassette, but I found an Entertainment Weekly column from 2004 what? where uh, yeah, <laughs> I found it online. If it's I mean, if that's if that's legit, but that's what the date and that's what the source was on this online article and it was Mark Lanigan. He was promoting his record Bubblegum Okay. And he lists, uh, get this, his 12 must-have CDs. Okay. And of course, again, this record did not come out. This record did not come out on CD. But um, this here's this quote um, for this record in his top 12 must-have CDs. He says, "Angst were just a three-piece and had cool harmonies. They hardly sold any records." And uh, yeah, that's it. That's 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 it. <laughs> 
Hmm. That's Mark Glanigan's big uh, shout out to uh, Angst, but this record specifically. Yeah, it's crazy that they were on such a revered label and there's literally nothing. You can't even find, hardly find any pictures of them. Like, it's nuts. I did find that Trouser Press thing. There's a few things he says in there. The lyrics are less specific and more thoughtful, which is, I think I know what he means by that. I think he means like less, um, isn't there a song about Buzz Aldrin or something on the last one? Oh, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. On the 12-inch. Yeah. Yeah, those are, yeah, on their self-titled 12-inch, I mean, it's not quite as uh, cerebral, I guess. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but one thing he does say is there's a cover of Paul Simon's Richard Corey, which we'll get to when we talk about the tracks. He says, this one goes wrong. Uh, they're pruning the melody, bare-bonesing it into an ugly ghost of the original, which I disagree with, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I did get a quote from Joe Carducci because he produced it, which surprised me to, to read that because, again, I'm looking at this in, like, from hindsight, and from my, you know, from our perspective, it seems like Joe Carducci is long gone from the label already, cause, but he's not. He says, I was still at SST for Mending Wall, and what are we on? 74? And I know for sure um, SST 82, the St. Vitus Born Too Late, he was gone for sure by then and came back to produce that one, which we'll get to in, in a couple months here. Joe says, I had been thinking on how to improve on light life, and since Angst were doing a long tour, possibly their first national tour, I was, was able to set up for them to record at the end of the tour. Catching a band off a tour only works if they're playing the new songs in their sets, which is not something most bands want to do. So my suggestion to Angst and Vitus in particular, when I worked with them, was for them to play one-third of the new stuff to be recorded each gig, rotating the new songs so that they weren't playing so many unfamiliar tunes at each stop. Mm. Also, they could use them in sound checks. It worked and especially helped the drummers. Onks never played better in the studio than on Mending Wall by my ear. Also, we'd done World Broken and some other stuff at Tempo Sound in Santa Monica, and I liked it for small live bands. We did Mending Wall there with house engineer Glenn Lupp. Probably two days plus a day of mixing. So thanks, as always, to Joe Carducci for sending that in. And I was thinking about that. Ryan, we did talk about that studio with Joe Biza, I believe, in the Mending Wall, or in the World Broken episode, which was also recorded there. Yeah, Glenn Alop was the engineer on that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you mentioned the lyrics on this record. You know, no slight to Swa, but when you come off, when you come off the lyrics off the Sex Doctor record, and then you... You get into the lyrics on this record. I don't know. I just thought like the lyrics on this record were way more relatable. They definitely um, reminded me of, I don't know. I mean, I got into this way, way later than my teenage years, but the lyrics on this record would have really resonated with me in my teenage years. Whereas Sex Doctor, the lyrics on that record are kind of cartoony sometimes. Sometimes. I don't know. Do you want to talk about the tracks? Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, though, in History Lesson Part 1 was that uh, where, where the album title likely came from. Oh. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you saw any of that when you were doing your research. No, I didn't. 
I mean, I, I don't know this for a fact, but it seemed to me that uh, when I was looking up just the, the name or the term mending wall, there's a, a poem by Robert Frost from 1914 called Mending Wall and has kind of a theme of reclusiveness, theme of isolation. And it's, uh, it's basically a poem about these farmers who are mending a wall, a stone wall. And um, it also kind of reflects the, the, uh, that old proverb, you know, good fences make good neighbors. Right. And when you think about reclusiveness, isolation, um, and then you look at the lyrics for this record, it's hard for me not to make the, the conclusion that the, uh, the title for this record is from that Robert Frost poem. But I'd be interested if some of uh, the folks who are listening, if they know that, if they could let us like kind of confirm that one way or the other, I'd be interested to hear. Yeah, I bet it is. Well, there you go. Done and done deal. Well, so says Brent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now do you want to talk about the tracks, Brent? Now I do. Yeah. All right. History lesson part two. Did you listen to the vocals? Like, to, did you tr try and really distinguish the two vocalists on this? Oh, like between Pope and Risk, like you could on Light Life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. This time around, when I was listening to this record, I didn't try as hard to distinguish, to be honest. I kind of just took it as like, I kind of just tried to listen to it as a album and not dissect it too much. But what did, what did you hear? Well, I'm going to give them numbers and I don't know who's who. So we can, we can try and decide if you like, which, which one is which, but vo oh. vocalist number one, he has no vibrato in his voice <laughs> and he's a yeah. little, he's a little more atonal and he sounds yeah. like Kevin K. Do you know who Kevin K is from the Kevin K band and like uh, Road Vultures? No. What's that? He's like this New York Johnny Thunders kind of guy. He sounds a lot like him. And his, oh, okay. his voice is a bit higher. And then vocalist number two has got some vibrato in his voice and he sounds like John Doe at times. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I think vocalist number one is Joseph Pope and vocalist number two is Johnny Risk, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well, again, I'd be interested if someone could uh, set us straight on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. This time, I mean, I found that there were, um, the, the vocals overlapped a lot. They, which sing, I liked. they do sing together quite a bit on the choruses. Yeah, I, I liked it. And it's kind of, the, the harmonies were a little dissonant, actually, yeah. in, in the same way that John Doe and Exene's vocals are. Yeah. Like, the, not your traditional types of two-part harmonies. And... Uh, that's what I was getting into more so than trying to distinguish the singer, I guess, this time. Yeah. Let's get into the tracks. All right. Side A, track one, Some Things I Can't Get Used To. This is like you mentioned, the big one. I can hear shades of 90s indie rock all over this track. I hear a bit of Joy Division in the bass line, which I think is a band maybe you mentioned the first time we talked about Angst. Nice interplay between the bass and guitars. Uh, this is obviously the one that's famous for Frank Black covering it on an album called Snake Oil, which I believe is a digital-only album, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, it's really, really uh, authentic. Like, okay. Yeah, he, I mean, it, it was, 
here's the thing when i heard when i put this song on and haven't i haven't listened to this record for a long time like meaningfully and when i put it on i was just like dang i mean these guys should have been huge 10 years later yeah like it's just it's just crazy how much stuff uh sounded like this and especially the pixies i mean we're gonna rant about this every time we hear angst but wow like just even the opening chords you're like man that's the pixies holy smokes yeah so ryan if you remember speaking of our blog way back when we we first got into angst a friend of the pod jeff shrek did a blog post about i think it's called how i found angst yeah uh so that's back up on the blog too and here's what he wrote about about this track because this was his pick for his favorite track on the album sometimes it's an awesome song yeah sometimes a song is the hit for a reason this is angst most well-known song and for good reason its guitar line is a perfect distillation of the type of college rock riff that descended from songs like u2's i will follow especially with the harmonically bizarre yet still in-key bass underneath it. The chorus is bone simple, just the title twice with the slightest variation in melody. The build-up at the end is great too. Michael Hersey is not a flashy drummer, but he knows how to keep the songs in their proper emotional tempo range. He says more than that. Everyone should go check it out at mojackpod.com, but just wanted to get that in there. This is also Ryan the A-side of the promo single. Yeah, with with good reason yeah and this is uh singer number two john doe on vocals but uh singer number one pipes in on the chorus which one are you talking about some things i can't get used to oh okay i thought you said singer number oh so singer number two sings on the lead on this song that's what you're talking about yeah okay okay i thought you would have dubbed singer number one the one who sings on song number one no, but I had that. But I had that exactly wrong. I just wrote this little legend at the top of my page. So, <laughs> I mean, if you could see my legend right now, you, it would be very cl- crystal clear to you. Yeah, I'm sure it would. Just, <laughs> just, just do the opposite of what makes sense, and there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got. <it. laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, well, let's go to the second track, "Standing Here Alone," and we, I think, in the last five minutes, have already said the phrase "college rock," like two or three times or and jeff shrek did at least i wrote next to this song proto college rock and this uh this guitar tone like i'm not saying these guys invented this guitar tone this kind of mild clean distortion sound but i mean man they were so ahead of their time this way with these types of songs for sure this one i hate to keep harping on the vocalist but I, i really want to know who sings what I think it's singer number two. Sometimes it's super obvious when it's the John Doe vibrato guy. This sounds different, though. This sounds like Chris Bailey from The Saints singing this one. Like, it really does. Yeah. As far as the track itself, I just wrote Violent Femmes might have done something like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Track three, All of a Sudden. Uh, I like how the guitar is a little out of tune. The brothers sing together a lot on this record. And it's a really good recording, too. Uh, I hear X on the chorus of this song. Uh, the playing and song structures are way tighter on this album than on the first one, is what I wrote. And that must have yeah. struck me on this song or something. Yeah, I wrote that this song, is, in particular, has got really neat turnarounds in it. 
Yeah. And uh, it also ends with kind of a, a jarring key change at the end, which kind of is, is kind of keeps it interesting near the end. But yeah, I completely agree with you. This record, the songwriting advanced as well. And it's a really it's a really catchy record and it grows on you. Listen after listen in that way. It's like after you listen to it, you anticipate these little turnarounds and they really hook you in. Yeah. This one has singer number two again. So that's three in a row, I think, because I think the last standing here alone is the John Doe dude. But uh, again, they, they do sing together as well. Like the other singer comes in on the chorus. All of a sudden was the standout track for me as well. As mm-hmm. with, as with the, was the next one, The Burning Light. This is the flip side of the promo single. It's a good one for the single. It's a standout for me. Uh, I like when the lead break comes in. I, at first I thought it was keyboards during the guitar solo. And this is the first one, I think, with the other vocalist, the more atonal guy, Kevin K. I'm calling him. So so song number four is the first one with, yeah. singer, num- with singer number one? That's right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote uh, next to this one that this also has a vibe that's kind of like like a lo-fi vibe to it a bit too like okay. you know the lo-fi college rock scene that came shortly after this Yep, I could see them being influenced by this sound for sure track 5 127 years we're back to singer number 2 I like the bass line didn't really like this song a whole bunch though Oh no, I like the chorus. Do you? I like well, yeah. I, I don't know. I like all the syllables in in all of my 127 years. Yeah, I, I don't like know. Maybe that. a bit hokey for me or something. I don't know. Hmm. Track six, I oblige. This is definitely the other singer. Uh, singer number one. I like the waves in the background, like ocean during waves. the chorus. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is like, I wrote that it's kind of like a dissonant downer, sullen. It's about being a doormat or for a fair weather friend. It's kind of what I wrote. Yeah. Or a lover, I guess. Yep. Flip it over and we've got Richard Corey, which is the cover uh, cover song. So this is written by Paul Simon and it's on the Simon and Garfunkel album Sounds of Silence, which came out in 1966. And I, I googled it in, in YouTube we're Canadian, Ryan, so we both know what the CBC is, but it's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's basically like the state broadcaster in Canada. It's like modeled after the BBC. And there's a video of Simon and Garfunkel performing the, performing this song in 1966 on the CBC. And Garfunkel, before they start, he says, this is the name of a poem written by... This is why I said I, I bet you it is a Robert Frost poem because there's definitely, you know, these guys were... I bet listening to poetry or reading poetry, you know? Yeah. So Richard Corey is the name of a poem written by Edward Arlington Robinson about a seemingly happy man who one day went home and killed himself. This is Garfunkel talking. This is a song written by Paul Simon from that poem. And the poem was first published in in 1897. I found on on Wikipedia, the poem describes a person who is wealthy, well-educated, mannerly, and admired by the people in his town. Despite all this, he fatally shoots himself in the head. Contrary to the Trouser Press opinion, I really really like this cover. Yeah, it's catchy. Yep. It's catchy. It's 
It's pretty much the only Paul Simon I like. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you should watch that. Watch that YouTube video of them singing it. Like those guys could sing really good together. I mean, I don't. Oh, I don't listen. Of course they could. I don't have any uh, Simon and Garfunkel albums, but my parents sure did. Those guys could sing. Just be, yeah, just because I don't like them doesn't mean they aren't talented. Yeah. There's a lot of musicians I love that aren't that talented. Yeah. This is singer number two again, for sure. Track two on side two is Close the Door. Again, I really liked the guitar and bass interplay. Yeah. This is Kevin K, sounding guy on vocals. <laughs> singer number two. Number one, Ryan. Oh, is it number one? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I can't get him straight. So is the Kevin next. Kevin K versus John Doe. <laughs> <laughs> so is the next track I'd Rather Sleep and uh, the one after that is also uh, the same singer so three in a row from that guy cool bass riff it's kind of like a Peter Gunn kind of a bass riff from yeah. uh, Joseph Pope I I'm not sure who's doing the verses because they're spoken but it sounds like uh, sounds like vocalist number one is doing them uh, track five All Day Long it's a little twangy sounding back to the other singer the John Doe sounding guy the last track is one by one the epic the epic yeah I thought this was a good closer actually yeah. it's good I don't know it's a solid record it totally stands up listen to it back to back with light life it's great one two punch yeah I think although I can recognize that there's a progression I think I prefer light life although I didn't oh, really? I didn't listen to it this week but yeah. yeah, I don't know if I like one better than the other, but I, I will say like, I know I'm going to repeat myself, but I just thought like, wow, this record should have been huge 10 years later, you know, it's too bad. What about the cover art, Ryan? So the cover art is, it's a, it's a photo of like a kid with a goat and looks like a goose and it's uncredited, you know, the, mm. uh, the actual photographer is unknown. It's in black and white, and then it's set on top of almost like some uh, like Pollock-esque type paint splatters over the band name and the album title. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, I, I was trying to figure out, like, what does this image have to do with the songs? And I wasn't able to make any sort of connection, were you? No, I just keep thinking of that Alice Donut song that has that, lyric that goes i have a jackson pollock tattoo on my ass <laughs> <laughs> i think that might be the second or third time we've mentioned alice donut in the last few episodes i'm trying to sneak them in they're like the new uh bruce the new duff. jeff doll <laughs> or new... bruce duff yeah no that's what i was thinking i was like it's the new, bruce <laughs> duff, new jeff doll hey guess what speaking of which um you know i like angry samoans right yeah i know you do yep so I, w I was just poking around on on the web, and I didn't know this existed, but there is like a, a CD that's like outtakes and demos okay. of Ang Angry Samoans with uh, Jeff Dahl singing on like the whole record. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that one's in the mail. Nice. Oh, yeah. And what was the other band? Uh, the Mistaken that you mentioned? Is that right? Uh, who, are, who are we talking about? Jeff Dahl? No, no, uh, with Metal Mike Saunders, and it was it the mistaken? Oh, yeah, kind of a surfy kind of a thing. I don't remember. Yeah, you you tracked that yeah. down too. 
I did, I did. Yeah. So uh, that's in the mail in the same package. Woo! Oh, nice. Yeah. You'll, Anyways, you'll have to spiel spiel about it. Oh yeah, I I checked out the tunes on uh, on YouTube and they're pretty deadly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is an obviously an older picture, right? Like the car in the picture is like I'm not a car guy, but it's I don't know. Is that is that a Studebaker or something like that? I don't know. I don't think that that's a Studebaker. The Studebaker has got a a diff like a a different front end. Well, it looks it old, a, anyways. Oh yeah, this this is like looks like twenties, thirties, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was related to on the record. The photo on the back is interesting, though. It's a Naomi Peterson photo, and the thing that struck me about it. Was that they look so happy in it? Yeah, I was. I was like, boy, angst don't look like they have very much angst in that photo. <laughs> they look pretty good, and uh, I don't know, I don't know who is who, but someone is rocking a scarf like big time. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. It's a good photo. Classic Naomi Peterson look for sure. Produced by Joe Carducci and Angst. We mentioned that before. Also mentioned, engineered by Glenn Allup. Uh, recorded and mixed at Tempo Sound, Santa Monica, February 86. Glenn's all up in Tempo Sound, man. He's all up yeah. in that shit. Yeah, no kidding. How about Dead Wax? Zero. Zero. No I, hope dead I hope we're not coming to the end of the Dead Wax, because SWA didn't have any either. Yeah, well, I don't know if you noticed. What about the promo it, single, Ryan? Because the SWA one had some. Yeah, that's what I was just going to mention. So the promo single for the SWA uh, Sex Doctor record, that had some dead wax, which is very cool, which we neglected to mention in the episode. No, no, we mentioned it. Did we? I think so. Oh, I, I didn't recall that. But on this one... There's there's no dead wax on the promo single. It just says kind of the usual stuff, P S S T, seventy four B, and A, yeah. And then uh, it has a little imprint K disc, on it, and then that's it. Credit to uh, on the on the single though, Mobile Modular Music. Hmm. I wonder if it says that on the LP. I checked that out earlier. My copy of this record. Side two has got like a big, a big gash on it. Oh, and so for a couple of songs, it goes tick, tick, tick. That sucks. And yeah, I kind of have to turn it up real loud to get over that. Mobile modular music. That's it, man. I think it's time for the ballot result. Ballot result. Lay it on me, Ryan. Oh, I don't see how it could be anything other than some things I can't get used to, but. I suspect you preferred some songs over that one, did you? No, no, it's got to be that song. I liked the A side better than the B side. Like, all my favorite so songs were on the A side, but... Yeah, I found the B side, like, also catchy, but I agree that the ones that kind of stuck were on the A side. Yeah. Totally agree. Cool. Another good angst record. Looking forward to the rest of them. Yeah. What's next week, Ryan? Next week... I believe is the first time that we're getting into this band, the Alter Natives. Yeah. Um, have we gotten into them before? I don't no, think so. No, we haven't. Nope. Like not even on a compilation. Nope. Um, it's SST 75, the Alter Natives record, Hold Your Tongue. Yeah, and we have a guest, Ryan. Chris Bobst, who was in the Alter Natives, is going to be a guest on the podcast. 
awesome. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.